What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Are we good? I think we're good. Okay, we got it on uh, all the stuff that you want it to be set on, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, requeening hives, colonies. Yeah, we're going to talk about how to install queens and some things that you should consider when installing queens. And uh, I need to, I'm going to test something here real quick. I don't remember which direction is what. I think I had to gain literally all the way up instead of all the way down. We'll try that. <laughs> and then also, that looks a little bit better. It's not spiking out. We need to talk about how you need to stay out of the hive for X amount of time so they'll take that queen too. You don't want to screw them all I, up. Yeah, absolutely, actually. Um, before we we really dive into today's subject, though, we do need to go and give a shout-out to our patrons out there, our, our members on Patreon. We had some new folks sign up and join the family there on Patreon, and so we want to go in and give them a howdy and how-do and, and thank you. Yes, thank <laughs> so you so very much. Let's... Uh, Let's go in and, and uh, read off the most recent names here real quick. Give them some credit. Which means I'm going to have to take yeah. a moment to switch over yeah. on my phone because that wasn't pulled up and ready. <laughs> Another disadvantage of being on the phone. You, you know, I can't have like my computer in front of me doing stuff because it's recording. And I can't have my phone in front of me doing stuff because I've got it up to my head. So it's uh, it's really strange having to do everything in these new fandangled fashions here okay so our most recent patrons we want to give a shout out to elizabeth david h sean b scott h justin a for increasing his membership and christina m and georgia m thank you all so very much yes, for reaching out to us there on patreon and with yeah. this crazy covid world we're in now i know you're not we're not getting as much of the extras on patreon on our extra stuff but we will just as soon as it everything settles down right yeah you know and that's something that is it is it makes no sense i mean it's a complete contradiction because you would think okay so everybody is you know in quarantine everybody's locked under these stay-at-home orders there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to pump out a ton of extra content and get that all ready to go. Well, what I have found is, you know, the, the training and education videos, um, I didn't want every single one of them to just be me. I wanted to have you and Max mm -hmm. in there like we did on the install and the packages and all that fun we stuff. We live 90 miles and, Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I could go through and I could do some of these. Well, let me tell you between because now it's not just i'm at home everybody's at home so i'm like okay it's a beautiful day it's not windy today and it's not raining so let's go ahead and do the video on on this building the top bar i don't want to do it inside the garage because it would sound like crap <laughs> and if i do it out in the driveway well now there's like 50 people every 30 minutes that walk by the front of the house and my neighbor's running a chainsaw and this neighbor's running a weed eater and i'm like oh my god guys go to work <laughs> like <laughs> 
it's uh it's there's a lot of other challenges that I would not necessarily have thought of. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've got additional things that got piled on top of me because of all of this, the, uh, state association, you know, we had to go back and reconsider all of our potential engagements are, you know, the, the events that we were going to have, you know, the impact that those things could have on everything. And we have, it has not, um, I guess I can officially announce it on here because it has not officially been announced to the greater membership of the Texas Beekeepers Association yet, but we will not be having our summer clinic. Wow. And we've, we've had to spend more time trying to plan on contingencies and cancellations and what's going to happen, you know, when all this stuff comes down the line than we would have if we were just planning a regular event. And so, I mean, it really kind of caught me off guard how unexpectedly busy I became after everybody became not busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so... But yeah, we, we are definitely working on that stuff. Um, I've been telling, you know, everybody that does join on Patreon, they get the personalized video message and I've been telling them, you know, based on the level they signed up at, what they can expect. And we do have the, the deeper dive episodes. There are three of them in production. I just need to be able to sit still long enough to get them finished and get the editing and stuff done on them. And, and those will get out there. Um, but it's, uh, it's made it all really challenging. The things that we have to edit these days are things like this that are via the phone or, you know, the other podcasts that I work on, um, things are, they're a lot more remote and there's, there's a lot fewer guests or where there are guests, they're not in person. And so you've got all these other sound quality issues to deal with and it's, it's increased (laughs) the editing time too. So it's a whole new world. I don't like it. I'm ready to be back in the studio. (laughs) It's a whole lot easier. Yep. Yeah, it sure is for oh, sure. Well. I definitely be enjoy there. that better. It'll be there soon enough. They're they're starting to open up stuff in Texas. You know, they're opening our state parks up Monday, so I guess that's the beginning. Yeah, for better or worse, I'm not necessarily sure. I know how it's all going to roll out, but they are slowly but surely going through, and they're going to start reopening things now. I do like the approach that they're taking on some of it, yeah. which is. Um, some of the retail businesses and stuff, what they're asking them to do is you can reopen for business, but it needs to be a retail to go business where people order online, you bring it out to their vehicle, but you can't have people inside the store physically shopping, browsing at items, touching and coughing on things, you know, all that kind of stuff. So at least there are some measures in place, but yeah, it's a, we'll see what ends up happening. You know, it, it could work out just fine and it could be a colossal backlash on everybody. They could, start lifting all these restrictions and everybody starts, you know, running wild because they feel like they've been caged animals for so long now. And, and then all of a sudden there's this huge boom and explosion and the, the virus and the people that end up getting infected because, you know, everybody throws caution to the wind because they're tired of being stuck at home. You know, it's crazy. It's, you know, this, we're talking about COVID, but ever basically everybody that listens to the hive jive, they understand what we're talking about because it's everywhere. It is. You know, the interesting thing, too, for people that listen to podcasts, the dynamics of listeners has shifted. And it's kind of interesting how that occurred, because you've got one group of people that primarily listen during their morning and afternoon commutes to and from work Mm -hmm. and when they're driving. Well, now that everybody has been stuck at home, not as many people have been driving. Therefore, their normal this is how I pass the time during rush hour traffic is gone. 
and they're stuck at home now. They are babysitters and teachers and all these things to their kids who are also now at home with them. Whereas on the flip side of it, you have another group of people that want to listen and are behind, but their jobs and their daily lives consume too much of their time and they never had time to sit down and listen. And now all of a sudden they do. So there's been this big flip flop in the audience and the listeners and who's able to consume more content quickly and who's now falling behind on episodes. And that's kind of an interesting, unexpected, you know, thing that occurs as well, because you're like, oh, well, you don't have to go to work now or, you know, this has happened. But yeah, well, now I'm a full time parent and babysitter and, and teacher because my kids at home and I've got to homeschool them and entertain them, you know, 24 seven. So it makes it definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, you know, it's the COVID world, I guess, we have now. But one thing I like, how much clearer and how much cleaner the air is because nobody's driving. And, That's right. They're not out there polluting everything. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe becoming a beekeeper has kind of got me a little more into, I'm not going to say a tree hugger, but... Uh, uh, just noticing, you know, things to make it easier on our bees. And then it was then, you know, John's always after, Ken, are you, uh, have you been uh, inspecting your hives? Well, yeah, I opened them up. Uh, have you been pulling them down uh, and, and going, well, the other day you know, I've been saying yes, but the other day my son went and opened up one up and we requeened, a, <laughs> requeened this hive and we, I guess I don't take them all the way to the brood boxes. Maybe we just take them to the top of the brood box. Yep, there's bees in there. Oh, shut it that cut it down. Well, we took this one down, pulled out frames because we was requeening. And here are these frames, four, the uh, eight-frame brood box. Four frames are covered in mildew. The bottom board's covered in mildew and, and mold and... So we pulled all those frames out, put new drawed comb back in there, uh, reset the, the box so the water will run out, and yeah, and now uh, uh, requeen that hive because it was a feral colony, and uh, we requeened, see I had a, a package that the queen had died, we requeened it with the queen we got from you, the Carniolans, we requeened a too feral you totally just uh <laughs> i remember now yeah um you will you, you uh you you just blew our our little thing i completely forgot about it um but we had posted out there on social media that your final packages has a, had arrived yep. and uh, i put on there but did they all arrive okay question mark you know tune in next week to find out and <laughs> i completely forgot so. until you said that so yeah, the packages did not arrive okay. No, um, go ahead, real quick before before you go on with the requeening, tell the condition of those, like how they showed up, what the post office had done, and the problems that it actually caused. Yep, the box, you know, it was three packages uh, put together with one by twos, and uh, you know, nailed together so they just be three packages about six inches apart, and it had. This side up. Well, they didn't put that side up. They just turned them on their end so they would be the skinny side up. You know, just not long, but up. And so when they did that, consequently, we figured the queen cage, which is on a ribbon in there, leaned up against, when it laid that away, it leaned up against the front 
or the top of the package where the bees couldn't get to her. And consequently, we had the bees and the nurse bees in there dead. So the other yeah. bees couldn't feed them. Yeah, it, uh, it did a double fold. So basically, they had everything flipped upside down, even though there was the sticker that said this mm -hmm. side up. And the way the packages are built, you've got your feeding can that's in the top of it hanging down with holes in the bottom. And the queen is beside that can hanging down with her screen facing out so that the bees can get to her and feed her and they can get to the food and take the food. And what had occurred is they flipped that upside down in reverse of that. Mm -hmm. So now the can is going down. The hole is facing up, but there's no sugar there for them to get to because it's all, you know, gravity, yep. li liquids going the other direction. And then the queen cage then falls and lays flat instead, uh, lays flat instead of hanging. And when it did, it laid flat on the screen. Mm -hmm. So she's ventilated. She can breathe, but nobody can get to her to feed her. They can't feed the attendant bees inside there with her, and they can't get to the sugar to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. So the queen dies. A good chunk of the bees in the package start to die. And, you know, you end up with a kind of a worst case scenario where now you've got a package of bees who were not loyal to each other to begin with because they were all just dumped and mixed in. And now they don't even have a queen. So that was a that was a challenge. And that's kind of what started the you already had colonies out there that you mm -hmm. wanted to requeen or that you had earmarked and flagged for it. But now all of a sudden you've got a package that doesn't have a queen. And now that makes it an emergency situation. where like, OK, what are we going to do? We've got to get a queen. We've got to go through, and we've got to figure this out. So, what was your ultimate solution there? I called you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought maybe you might elaborate a little bit more than that. But <laughs> well, I called John. John says, "Well, uh, there's a beekeeper here in town. has got a bunch of queens. She had some extras. Uh, he says I'm buying some. I said, "Well, I need four. And we got the that was the three packages of Russians that I had got in. One of them was dead, so we got two packages of Russians. We requeened them to Carniolan queens, and just on the one, on just the on, one, the one on the one package, package we got two yeah. packages of Russians still. We requeened two feral colonies. Oh, we and we requeened a top bar nuke that was a feral colony that we had taken out of a meter box. Yes. Yep. So all of the ones that we had been talking about on previous episodes where we were saying we're not really sure how they're doing or this one's got a really bad brood pattern or this one had a really bad mite problem. Mm -hmm. uh, we went through and we requeened all of those. Or I say we, you and Max went through and requeened all of those. And, uh, you know, I got you the queens that you needed to go through and do it. So the process of requeening a hive, we've already talked on the the other episodes and stuff on how you can requeen a hive, be it buying a queen or letting them raise their own queen. But if you're installing a queen, be it, again, either you raise the queen in another colony or you've gone through and you've purchased a queen like we've done here that is fully mated and ready to go, there's, there's a couple of things that you want to do when you go through and put them in there. And I had one of our listeners, Tim, had reached out. And he had said, hey, I saw this video online and, and, you know, they're doing this thing with the bees and the queen cages. And and they say that's how you can tell if you can release your queen immediately or not. And I told him immediately, I was like, no, that's uh, yes, that is something that does occur. But that is never something that you should go by. And a beekeeper should never get a queen and immediately release her into no. a colony because you think that the bees are being friendly. And one of the one of the huge disservices that I have seen a lot of this year are beekeepers that are raising and selling bees 
regardless if they have any business doing so or not, kind of calls that into question for me because of how they're doing it. But they're selling bees and they're not even giving you the service or option of having queen candy in that cage. And the whole point of the queen cage is to have the queen. If it's the wooden cage, there'll be a couple of attendants in there with her. And then one whole end is full of candy. And yes, the attendants will look at that candy a little bit and use it to then create the brood food or the royal jelly basically to feed the queen. But what it's really for is a release mechanism that makes the colony, they have to chew through that other side and lick all that candy out of there to get to that queen before they can do anything with her. And due to that, due to that, whenever they go through this process, it's a minimum of two to three days for them to get all the way through the candy, which means when you take a queen and you put her into a colony, that is a minimum of two to three days that that colony has for her pheromones to spread throughout the colony and for the colony to start to get used to her before they turn around and get her out of there where they could then potentially harm her if they are not accepting of her. And I've had several listeners reach out and say, hey, like, you guys talk about queen candy and I got this cage and there, there's no candy in it. And the guy just told me, oh, you can just shove a marshmallow in there or you can just make your own and put it in there. That's lazy. Like, if you're going to go through and you're going to actually take the time to raise queens and sell them, then do it right and put candy in the cage and don't do a disservice to new beekeepers who may not know better when they go through and they get these bees. And some of those listeners, unfortunately, hopefully their queens made it, but unfortunately they were like, well, we don't know what to do. You guys said pull the cork and there was no candy. So we went ahead and pulled the cork and let the queen out and crossed our fingers and hope that she makes it. And that's not a situation that you want to be in because to go back to what Tim had mentioned, there is a a method that you can do. And ultimately, if you were doing it, best case scenario, you find your queen, you take her out of there and you leave the colony queenless for a minimum of a few hours, if not 24. And then you turn around and you install the new queen. And that could be, you go to your bee yard in the morning, you take all of the queens out of the cage or out of the hives that you want to requeen. You can either kill them immediately or you can put them into their own cage with a couple of attendants and have them on standby as an emergency just in case, in case something doesn't get accepted or something goes wrong. And then that evening, go back out to your bee yard and put in your new queens. Because by that time, the colonies had long enough to know the queen is missing. They now know that they need a queen and it's given time for the pheromones inside the colony to dissipate to make it more accepting for them to try to get a new queen. Now, when you first get your queen, and this is what they talk about in some of these videos and stuff online, if you lay the cage down on top of the frames, the bees are going to just crawl up and cover it, and they're going to be all over that cage. What you do is, and this is the way this is supposed to work and the way that they've kind of bastardized this, is you're supposed to put the queen cage in there, leave the cork in place. If it's an aggressive colony, leave that cork in place for a couple of days and don't pull it out and don't let them get to the candy. And then you come back two days later and you check to see how they've accepted her. And if you pull that cage up and you have it laying on top of the frames and the bees are biting at the screen and they're they're trying to sting and they're hanging on really tight and you try to brush them off with your finger and they won't move, they have not accepted that queen. And it's probably not a good idea to remove that cork yet. You go ahead and leave it in there for another day or two then remove the cork, and then it still takes them two to three days to eat through the candy. So now it's been a five-day process instead of a two- or three-day process. Well, Drastically that, increases. 
at that also, you know, people say, well, we order our packages and the queen's in there. Yeah, but they have been in the mail for three or four days. So they've even had longer with that queen. That's right. The, the queen got put in there. Um, you know, in, in your case, for your two packages, let's assume that they literally put them in the package Thursday morning and mailed them out Thursday evening or Thursday afternoon. They are in there the rest of the day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and Monday mm -hmm. until you pick them up at the post office and then go put them into the hive. Yep. Then at that point, you're pulling the cork and they still have their two to three days to eat through the candy, mm -hmm. which then makes it a total of eight days before that queen truly got released to where the bees could actually get to her. And that's plenty of time. That's, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do eight days, but I'm just saying in a package situation, it's literally been already two or three days and then you take the cork out and then it's two or three more days. So you've got that minimum of a week in there and it does make it easier for that queen to be accepted. But if you've done what we had to do here where you order in a new queen, you're taking a queen from an established colony, not a package, mm -hmm. and you're trying to put her in there. They've got other options. Oh, yeah. They would much rather raise their own queen from their own genetics that smells like them and is their offspring than they would accept a foreign queen that doesn't smell like them, that has a different genetic profile. And so part of that is you do give them a little bit of time to understand their queenless. Then you put that queen in there and you leave that cork for a couple of days and then when you pull it out and you're checking, one of the things to also check, so we told the, the side of what they will look like if they're not accepting it, right? If they are accepting, you take your finger and you brush it across the top of that cage very gently and all of the bees very gently just move right out of the way. Well, then they're not being aggressive. They're just up there feeding and guarding, but they're not trying to literally attack her. They're not hanging on and biting and chewing and stinging. So if you can brush them away very gently and they don't immediately flock right back on it and cover it again, then they've accepted her and that's a, a good sign to remove the cork. But when you do that, since how that cork hasn't been removed yet, you want to go through your frames and make sure they have not started any queen cells. Mm -hmm. Because if they have started queen cells, they will absolutely abort that new queen in favor of continuing raising their own queen cells. So you go through the colony and you make sure they didn't start any, cut them out if you see them, then go ahead and pop your cork and give them that next two to three days to go through and get into that queen. And, you know, in that scenario, everything should still work out fine. But it is really tricky. And, and again, you know, I, I, I say it all the time and sometimes I'm joking and sometimes I'm not, but Facebook and YouTube can be the devil. That's Facebook especially. But YouTube, there are some things out there that are good and legit. And there's other things out there that they, they portray things that in the right scenario are correct. But the way that they're portraying them, they omit things or they've started doing shortcuts on their own because they may have heard it or learned it somewhere else and then didn't fully go into understanding the process and mechanics as to why. And so you get this whole your queen should have been in there for this amount of time. Then you check it out to see if she's, you know, if they've been accepting of her, then you remove the cork and then you go through all this. And somehow it gets shortened down to, Oh, just when you get that new cage lay it on top. And if the bees seem like they're okay with it, go ahead and let her loose. No, you don't need any candy in there. That's not a good idea. No, I wouldn't think that'd be a good idea at all because we've seen, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but well, real quick, do you, here's one of the downsides that could happen to this that people are not necessarily aware of. 
it's the middle of the day. It's hot. Most of the foragers are gone. They're off looking for food. They're the oldest bees. They are the guard bees, and they're the meanest bees. All of the nurse bees are at home. Mm-hmm. You lay that cage. It just happens that you just laid that cage right on top of two frames that are all open larva covered with young nurse bees feeding that larva. And those young nurse bees will accept anybody. And so those young nurse bees come up to the cage and they're like, oh, a queen. And it looks all nice and friendly. So you go ahead and release her into the greater colony where you were only sampling maybe 50 bees out of 30,000. And those foragers come back home and they're like, who the hell are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? Where did you come yeah. from? We're going to kill you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, that's that's one of the other things that can misfire when you do that. Like you do need that minimum of two to three days before she can get loose in there to make sure she's been accepted regardless. And if you did get a queen cage that does not have candy in it, leave that sucker in there for five days with both the corks in place And then on the fifth day, you can remove the cork and let the queen walk right out onto one of the frames because she's had five days for everybody to get to know her. Not one day, not one hour. You know, there's there are different scenarios where it can be okay, but that is it takes a little bit of time to get to that point. Will she live five days without food or without will the nurse bees take care of her? Yeah, absolutely. They'll feed her. Yeah, they feed her. That's the whole point of the screen is they can feed her through the screen. And then like the cages that you got, the plastic queen cages, Mm -hmm. they're a different shape and they're smaller and they're intended to just have a queen in it, no attendance. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of that is because if you have a queen with attendance and those attendants are also her genetic profile, then it seems like an invading faction inside the colony. And it makes it take longer for her to be accepted than if it were just a queen. Okay because you also have foreign bees in there. So a lot of times, and I don't recommend everybody do this because you could screw up, but a lot of times what we will do is if we have the wooden cage and there's three or four attendants inside there plus a queen, we'll flip it with the non-candy end up and we'll remove that cork and you put your thumb over the hole and you sit there and you watch. And when one of the attendants comes up, you move your thumb and you let that attendant crawl out of the cage and then you put your thumb back over the hole. And you keep doing that until all the attendants are gone and there's just the queen left in there. Then you put the cork back in place and put just the queen inside the colony. Okay. Well, those plastic queen cages, they come with just the queen, nothing else. Because they're shipped in a, like what I gave you is what I call my, it's a battery box, but I call it my uh, mini queen bank. And you put the queens, yeah, you put the queens inside these little um, orange boxes that have little tubes that the queen cage fits right down inside of, and it covers up the candy so the bees can't eat the candy. And then the whole inside of that box is filled with all of the attendants and nurse bees. So they can go from queen to queen to queen and feed all of the queens, and they have a little reservoir of water and a little reservoir of food in there. They feed all the queens, but the queens can't get out to hurt each other. So it keeps everybody safe, and then when you're ready to install one, you pop one of those queen cages out, shake the bees off the outside of it, and then you have just a cage with just a queen to go put inside your colony. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how these all work, because now you've got a a nice little mix of things going on. Um, You you got in some Carniolan packages, Mm -hmm. and then you got in your Russian packages. Mm -hmm. There was going to be three of them, but one of them was the one that died. Mm -hmm. And so we put a new queen in there with them. The new queens are 
and this is where things get a little sketchy. They're called New World Carniolans. And there is a lady out there who has created a line of Carniolan bees that she calls the New World Carniolans. Now, the downside, though, is if I understood it correctly, one of the guys that does the master breeding of everything, he goes through and he orders from this lady artificially inseminated breeder queens that are like several hundred dollars each. He then uses that breeder queen that's been artificially inseminated so we know all of the genetics are what we want. And he goes and he breeds a huge line of queens. And then whenever he's done with her, like say his time period is one season. And when he's done with her for that season, he then resells it at a discounted price to this other gentleman who then continues breeding off of her. But that other gentleman lives here in Texas. And so I'm not sure how big his operation is or what all he does. And I can't speak to any of that, but it does increase the chances Mm -hmm. that some of our feral genetics can be mixed in whenever the offspring then goes out and mates. So we shall see. (laughs) That's all I can say on that. We shall see how they turn out. Still, you'll have carniolan traits in there, but you'll have the, it'll be a hybrid, right? Yeah, the the offspring would be what I call like the second gen queens. And so they are, their mother is a pure blood carniolan, but then she goes off and she mates and she could be mating with, let's say 75% of the drones that this individual is specifically raising and flooding the drone congregation areas. But there could be a 25% chance that other feral genetics get in there. And those feral genetics could be, you know, they could be Italian, they could be Carniolan, they could be Russian, they could be whatever any beekeepers in the area have brought in. But they could also be feral and have some percentage of Africanized genetics in there that could get into the mix. And that's not always bad because the Africanized genetics, they do better at a hygienic behavior they do better at a honey production, mm-hmm. but they do have disadvantages that we're all very well aware of. They swarm more often. They abscond more often, and they are they have an attitude depending yep. on where it is. Now, you get different variants of that that go up and down, yep. but yeah. They do. Absolutely. Yeah, we so you got everybody. What? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, two, we've, we've taken two – uh, two out of two swarm or two colonies out of meter boxes. The first colony was very docile. The second colony, they just meaner than hell. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And uh, the second colony, by the way, got hit by the cold spell we had, and so they went away. But uh, I think they got froze to death, or not froze, but they didn't make it. But the first colony well, are, is still it, doing quite were well. There, were there dead bees in the bottom of the box, or yeah. were all the bees just gone? No, they were all just gone. I think they. I think she swarmed. I think they swarmed. Well, it, it's an it's an abscond. Yeah. Abscond. So a swarm yeah. is when they divide and they're making the new queen, yeah. and there will still be bees in there in queen cells. But when everybody just vanishes, yeah, that's abscond. an abscond. Yeah, it was a very large, uh, very small uh, colony. So yeah, they just. Uh, we had it on Queen Exclude, and I guess they got her down small enough she could get through there, and they left. So that was all the right. The she went. They were mean, meaner than hell. <laughs> well, that just means that if they do survive, if they find somewhere to move into and they survive, now all of a sudden you're going to have that meaner than hell colony that's going to grow up and get big and add their drones to your drone populations 
and you will have those genetics out there by you. Not that you don't already, because yeah. you know the the rock hive has a little bit of an attitude or had anyway. It just got recleaned, so nope. the rock had or uh, no, the rock's gonna have scraps. Uh, we're waiting on the scrap queens to get in. They'll they'll be next month. Uh, the trailer and the cutout are who got the queens and the little top bar nuke and the package. I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So uh, yep. So that's where we're at there, and everything looks well. We haven't opened them up. I know you said to wait till thursday next week and then we're going to open them up and see everything because that's one thing that you said be sure don't disturb your bees when they're trying to accept a queen because they may just decide to hell with it and, and kill her and go to raising their own or leave yep yeah and and at that point by that point that you get to that time frame there really is no attempting to raise your own anymore because the larvae are all too old mm -hmm if there's any larva left at all. But one of the things that can become an issue, and it doesn't matter if you have installed a queen cell, if you have installed a virgin queen, if you have allowed them to raise their own queen and she has just emerged, or if you have installed a fully bred queen into that colony, all of those scenarios have the same problem. It is a new queen. Everything is touch and go. They don't know her fully yet. And sometimes, despite as smart as the bees can be and how marvelous they are at everything else, every once in a while, they kind of get this cult mentality where if it rains for multiple days in a row or if there's a sudden drought because the mother nature does something strange and no food is coming in or, you know, something happens that's very stark, in some cases, they will blame the queen and they will go through the process of superseding her and replacing her. And the same thing can happen when you've just tentatively put in a new queen. Everything is, you know, kind of walking on eggshells. And then all of a sudden the beekeeper comes in here and starts ripping frames apart and going through stuff. Well, then you piss them all off and they may offer <laughs> because they haven't fully got their allegiance in there yet. Mm -hmm. So you know that it's going to take two or three days for her to emerge. You want to give her a minimum of two or three days after she gets out of there to go through and kind of get established and start laying eggs because once she starts laying eggs, then her pheromones spread through the colony really quickly and all of the brood that is being raised all has her pheromone signature and helps fill the colony with the fact that there is a queen and she's healthy and this is what the smell is now that we all associate with. And if you do that and you give her time, then when you open it up, you know, seven days after you've put her in there, then you're more likely to be okay and not cause them to set everything back. And then if you put them in a feral colony, or put a new queen in a feral colony, after that seven days, if she's still there, and just re re realize that in 21 days, you're going to have a nice colony of bees. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was wishful thinking on your part. Oh, okay. Um, in 21 days the first generation of her offspring will start emerging into the colony, mm -hmm. but it will still take a full six weeks before that generation gets old enough to replace the current forager generation. And that's when you're going to see the change in demeanor is when that new generation of bees becomes guard bees and forager bees, which is usually three weeks after they emerge okay. as an adult bee. So it's a whole six week process minimum for you to start seeing that change. 
Okay. But yeah, 21 days later, the new generation starts to hatch. Right. <laughs> right. So, well, that's a, that a whole lot of queen cock there. A lot of it. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that'll help everybody out and you all will be able to use some of that because right now we've got a lot of uh, friends and everybody out there who are going through this, oh my God, my colony is swarming. There are swarm cells everywhere. What should I do? Or I'm making splits and it may be a walkaway split or I'm going to order queens and I'm going to requeen these colonies or I'm going to split them and requeen everything. And so, you know, this hopefully will be some pertinent information that everybody needs to have and needs to know to kind of help keep you on the right track when you're going through and doing this. One of these days we need to talk about, and it, I know on our top bar, when we, we, we started doing an inspection on our top bar and we couldn't find a queen, couldn't find a queen, couldn't find a queen, and then we started finding queen cells. And so we called John. John, we found queen cells. Uh, he says, well, probably she swarmed. Well, we didn't tell her tell him the queen cells were in the middle of the hives or in the middle of the comb and once we told you that you said those are emergency cells yeah and we've talked about that a couple of different times because there's there there, it's one of those and I've, i've said it before so everybody can bear with me on this again but when you read the textbook the textbook makes it sound black and white if the swarm sorry if the queen cells are on the peripheral of the comb, on the edges of the comb, they're swarm cells. And if they're in the middle of the comb, they are emergency or supersedure cells. And that's actually not true because pay attention when you're going through and you're doing your inspections, you will find what we call queen cups, which is that little bell cup that's upside down, facing down mm-hmm. and not in line with the rest of the cells. The bees will build them everywhere they will put them on burr comb Mm -hmm. they'll put them on little edges where the comb may have a wave or a curve to it or there may have been a divot where they didn't build the wax out or they built the queen cup first and then they built the wax around it and so those queen cups are never emergency cells those are never supersedure cells those are always swarm cells regardless where they are because the queen is the only one that can put an egg in those cells. And she will only do that when they are going through their swarm preparations. Mm-hmm. Now, a true emergency cell or supersedure cell is when the workers go to normal, <laughs> normal. go to normal worker cells and they find an egg or larva that is just hatched and is at the right stage and they start feeding it copious amounts of royal jelly. They float it up off the bottom of that cell and out towards the edge and then they expand the cell and they curve it so it actually has kind of a curved shape as it comes out and then goes down. And it's not something that was built from a cup that was already facing down. It was built literally out of worker cell. That is the true emergency cell because no queen was there to lay inside a special cell. They had to find a regular cell and convert it in an emergency purpose to a queen cell. So that is the true distinction. Now, because of that, that does mean that your emergency cells and your supersedure cells are usually in the middle of the comb because they had to find brood in the normal worker comb. But you can have queen cups that are swarm cells in there. So if you see cells that are along the edges of your frame and one or two that are in the middle, you don't have a situation where, oh my God, I've got five swarm cells and two emergency cells. No, you have seven swarm cells because those other two 
were queen cups just like the swarm cells and they turned them into a swarm, you know, an actual swarm cell for the queen. So it, it can be a learning curve on that and a challenge, but you just have to understand the dynamics of why they build them, where they build them, and how they use them versus why they make a supersedure cell, how they make it, and where they make it. Oh, the fun. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and, and it gives us something to talk about. That's true. It does give us something to talk about. So, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to wrap up this main episode and uh, let everybody get on with your quarantine life, whatever that may look like for you these days. And uh, we're going to get off of here. We will have a bonus episode coming up on Thursday for all of our Patreon members, so look forward to that. Otherwise, for everybody else out there in our hive jive land, we will be talking to you guys next Monday. Y'all be safe and be healthy. That's right, everybody. Be good. We'll talk to you later. Be good, family. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.